0: Hello everyone and welcome to today's program. Today's show is going to be slightly different to what you've been seeing on the mainstream media or what you've not been seeing on the mainstream media. We're gonna be talking about the stories that are being completely ignored or semi-censored by the establishment. The global uprisings from Cuba and France to Iran and South Africa and other parts of the world. Today, I'm gonna give you, I'm just gonna report and tell you the truth and what you've been missing because that's what we're here to do. Thanks to your support, we are here to give you the news and obviously the analysis and see what's actually going on in the world. Because if you want to get the reports, you know, you have Twitter, you have other platforms, you've got notifications on your phone. But here, we're going to tell you exactly how they're spinning the stories on the media and on social media. I mean, we're going to give you the truth about these places. First, let's talk about France. We know that over the last few days, the yellow vests are back out. And a lot of people have now joined this movement because Emmanuel macron is uh, bringing on more authoritarian policies now this video we're gonna categorize all these different events first we're going to talk about france then we've got iran to discuss then we've got south africa which is slightly different we've got cuba and then we're going to talk about the wake-up call for the westerners for us the brits the americans the canadians and of course the french And then we're going to talk about the plans for the winter crisis, for the flu and uh, COVID and all this stuff that is getting out of control. And of course, the health crisis when it comes to calories and sugar tax and fats and carbs and all that. So this is going to be quite divisive. But let's go with France first. So the French situation is very specific. Uh, There's... There's been a massive movement movement over the last few years and macron has not helped the situation uh, based on the um, living standards for a lot of french citizens a lot of weird policies on fuel a lot of tax policies now they are trying to introduce mandatory measures when it comes to uh, COVID. Uh, so whether it's the the vaccinations or vaccine passports and things like that and of course people in france are sick and tired and they've been Mm, relatively actually as they say largely peaceful they've been marching and of course any counter reaction has been because the police got violent first and it's quite interesting because usually i'm the first to make fun of the french protesters for getting violent but this time they've been very very cautious been, and we've been seeing a lot of families a lot of ordinary people a lot of workers on the street and we're going to show you a couple of clips that have not been shown on the mainstream media Well, as you can see, actually largely peaceful. this has been quite fascinating because uh, the French movement against Macron's government, uh, and it's not necessarily just against Macron's government, this is against the establishment in France. It's been going on for a long time, even previously, and different administrations. The issue that we have is that the French people just feel that they're not being heard. And uh, there's a big chunk of society in France uh, that is completely being ignored uh, for a long time, actually. Uh, And now they just want their French mentality of Liberté. They want to have self-determination and they want to be heard. And of course, in, inside that movement, you've got left-wingers, you've got right-wingers, you've got different sides They're coming together. Just being been sick and tired of this authoritarian, centralized mentality that's been imposed onto them by Macron. Now, that's the French situation. Now, of course, at the same time, whilst the mainstream media are not really reporting, on what's happening in France and what you have, sometimes the BBC uh, writes an article saying that oh, there are some protests in France and in Paris, uh, but they're not really explaining the act- exact situation. Uh, and I'm going to have uh, so all, all these uh, topics. We're going to have um, kind of follow-up stories on them over the next uh, few days as well. That's why it takes us to the next area of this planet, and that is Iran, Islamic Republic of Iran. Now, Persians and Iranians have been rising up against the the current regime. And they've been protesting for the past couple of years. There was a bit of a pause and a bit of a break because of uh, what's been happening with uh, with, the, with COVID and the pandemic. Uh, and uh, the Iranian government have been very, very sneaky in the, in the way they've dealt with uh, the lockdown measures and things like that. Uh, basically, a lot of the opposition leaders and the opposition activists have lost their lives, and somehow they've all died of COVID. Who would have thought, right? Uh, So there's a bit of a censorship in Iran going around uh, right right now. Uh, There's a massive uh, general strike. Different industries, different sectors are striking because people are just completely losing everything that they had. I mean, mean, the sad story is that uh, just before the 1979 revolution, Iran was a very liberal, secular country. uh, And generally speaking, apart from the fact that, of course, you had the bottom of society, the vulnerable, uh, generally speaking, the economy was very prosperous. uh, But now... The same regime that came in place to help everyone and help the poor they came with socialist policies this is an is- islamic socialist regime they came and promised free oil free bus passes and free everything free electricity and uh, all these socialist measures and programs for welfare and healthcare of course none of it happened which is going to take us to cuba in a minute but um, now people are and tired of this and with the way they've handled the whole public health crisis and these lockdown measures of the last uh, year or so uh, people have just been waiting and waiting and waiting and now they are rising up and again iran is actually quite interesting because not only you're not really seeing anything on mainstream media about this you're not really seeing anything online if you google it there are not many stories about iran but we have the videos <laughs> interesting right all this stuff happening nothing being mentioned anywhere really uh, by TV channels or news outlets and the the worst part of this movement whether it's in Iran or other places Cuba is now getting some sort of attention uh, because uh, Joe Biden's government reacted to it and of course they're almost next door so uh, they have to address it and we're going to get to Biden and how he's dealt with Cuba but Iran is not going to be mentioned, no one really cares about Iran, no one cares, Un- unless some weird stuff happens, eventually, we- if it escalates, then we're going to find out more. Same applies to South Africa. Now, the South African situation is slightly different to what you've been seeing in Cuba and Iran, or even in France. Uh, there's a very tribalist uh, battle going on uh, right now with the former president, obviously, uh, being in trouble. And uh, you have got the supporters and the opposition, and of course, the pro-government side, uh, trying to keep things quiet. Now, this has made things slightly worse in South Africa is opening doors to a whole new set of chaos because a lot of people are now taking advantage of this again movement or whatever it is to discuss the things that actually matter so a lot of people are now out on the streets uh, to use that as an excuse to get their voices heard by the establishment uh, so of, of course you also have a lot of people who are just causing trouble on the streets as expected now the problem with South Africa is that it's completely tribal and you've got the different side uh, doing their own focus on their own causes and their own movements. Uh, but again, they're not really talking about the truth on BBC or Sky. Yes, that's South Africa after all the chaos has been happening over the last couple of days and what no one's actually focusing on is how this has affected ordinary people who live there. Uh, because of all the looting and everything else, uh, now there are people struggling to find food. And there's no support from anywhere, from any side, uh, to actually help these people. And that's the main point. They're left behind. They're people who are being completely ignored. I mean their concerns and everything else right now both sides who are fighting they're just focusing on defending their own side and that's it people in the middle who just want to get on with their lives are being affected by this no one's talking about this and not even the united nations are going to be concerned about that side they're just going to be either taking the government side or the opposition and that's it people ordinary people in south africa are being completely affected by this and that's what we have to focus on and mainly speaking just report what's not being reported that takes us to the next place which is the communist utopia of cuba the place that's been endorsed by jeremy corbyn ash Sarkar, owen jones aaron bastani and a lot of historic leaders of uh, the british left and the american left Uh, now we of course we have aoc in america and others who are still defending and supporting uh, cuba we have the black lives matter organization still defending and supporting cuba and venezuela uh, yet There are people out there in Cuba, ordinary people, young people, pro-capitalist and pro-democracy side coming out finally, because they're sick and tired of the situation that's been imposed onto them by the communists and the leadership in Cuba. But the way it's now being reported is that when the mainstream media are talking about this, they're simply calling them just random protesters. They're just protesters against the government. Well, firstly, the way the economic situation has actually happened over the last few decades has not helped their their case living standards is very low there's no inequality in cuba because everybody is equally poor uh, the left are now blaming it on the american sanctions <laughs> interestingly enough because americans have been imposing sanctions on a number of countries historically and it does make things difficult but it doesn't bring down the country and the economy that way the only way it could bring it down is th- if the government like the cuban government or the Venezuelan government also make a mess and of course the american sanctions will trigger a collapse. But the American sanctions would not on its own collapse any economy. It's, it doesn't work that way. You could still be like North Korea. Close your doors, despite the sanctions, make your own way. And of course, in North Korea as well, people don't really have any rights or freedom. And, and actually, they're running out of food as well in, in North Korea. Uh, but the, the chaos that you're seeing on the streets of Cuba, just like what we saw in Venezuela before, is very, very different. Do not just randomly say it's America. Look at this. Thank you. protests and the marches we've been seeing in the streets of Cuba over the last uh, few days, couple of days, been huge. This, like, we've already seen like in the past smaller uh, kind of uh, side projects and protests by uh, certain uh, people over the last few decades. This is very, very different because now you're seeing the poor, you're seeing the middle classes or well, the middle class version of uh, Cubans are all out together. And the police, the brutality that we're seeing from the forces, can you blame that on America? Ash and the others and BLM who are coming out to blame everything on the Americans and, of course, the Westerners in general, saying it's the sanctions. OK, what about the way the police are dealing with the protesters? All these Labour MPs who were against uh, the uh, Priti Patel's uh, policing uh, bill recently saying that, well, it's going to take away people's rights to protest. What about people's right to protest in Cuba? You're still defending the Cuban government. And that's what I care about. And that's the problem we have. Joe Biden. Where is Joe Biden? Well, we know where he is. What he's doing is he's saying that the Cuban refugees who are trying to leave Cuba, come to America to survive, they're not welcome. He's already said, if they try to get into the country, we're going to reject them. We're not going to let them in. That's the same compassionate and liberal Joe Biden who was uh, criticizing uh, Donald Trump's policy on Mexican illegal uh, migrants. Somehow, no, 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 we don't want the capitalist Cubans coming here because if they come here, they're not going to vote for the Democrats. If they come here, they're not going to like Joe Biden's government. So of course, Joe Biden wants to keep them out. And of course, also the Cuban pro-democracy and pro-capitalist uh, migrants and refugees who enter America, they're not going to join the tribalist culture wars. They're not going to join this Black Lives Matter stuff that, you know, everyone on the left and now trying to um, dominate and use as an excuse to take advantage of the whole situation in the West we have. A statement from Black Lives Matter on Cuba because they are very concerned about the situation in Cuba. They're very concerned about people, right? So they're going to condemn someone. Who are they going to condemn? The Cuban government? Well, the statement from BLM Black Lives Matter condemns the US federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift the economic embargo. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Everything's now America's fault. I mean, this is coming from me, the guy the guy who's not really pro this globalist interventionist mentality of the West historically, whether it's you know MI6 or CIA, the British government, US government, making causing trouble in the Middle East. This is very specific. Do not blame the embargoes on all these things. Do not blame the, the way the brutality by the police has been happening on the American sanctions. They're basically saying that this cruel and humane policy is the reason that Cuba is Uh, not really stable anymore. It was never stable. It was only stable because it was authoritarian. Uh, But, you know, people never, didn't really have money or food before. But they are saying that without uh, that money, basically, they don't have food or medicine. Again, it's not necessarily just uh, the the sanctions. Because when the Iranian government was under sanction for the past 40 odd years, they found their own way to produce their own stuff. And they, they did quite well for a long time. Again, a lot of people didn't have freedoms, but they, they didn't run out of food, despite the American sanctions. But then, the people of Cuba are being punished by the US government because a country has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. <laughs> and somehow, American leaders tried to crush this revolution for decades. Do, do you really think that revolution was about self-determination? Sovereignty? Really? The communist takeover of Cuba was about self-determination. Yes self-determination for the communist leaders in cuba but not necessarily for ordinary people but this is absolutely brilliant because they say now we look to president obama uh, sorry biden because because <laughs> they said that biden and then they're talking about obama as well to end the embargo something obama called for it in 2016. Uh, really it's fascinating how uh, barack obama in 2016 could come out to talk about that just like how uh back in 2007 8 he was talking about Guantanamo Bay mm, nothing happened or Afghanistan nothing happened of course Obama would come out to say that uh, but yeah Biden to be at this point he doesn't really have the power to lift embargoes he doesn't when it comes to the establishment in Washington they are running the show regardless of what Biden says uh, so Biden is in charge of you know allowing or not allowing Cuban refugees but that's all but this black lives matter leaders I mean, one of the co-founders, well, the founder, obviously, uh, well, you remember this photo with uh, Nicolas Maduro, who was obviously the dictator of Venezuela. Well, they are friends. Of course they are friends. Black Lives Matter is not a political organization, is it, guys? No, no. It's just a core, It's just a movement against racism. It's not a political organization. Okay, considering they release political statements and take t- take pictures with communist leaders and take, take political positions... No, Black Lives Matter is not a political organization, apparently. So that's that. But we have to be very cautious. We have to wake up. So this is my wake up call to the West and democracies in general, because some countries are in the West, but some of the democratic countries are not really in the West. You got Australia, New Zealand, the other side. But this is a wake up call. We have to wake up before the takeover is completed by the far left. Jacinda Ardern has been so complacent in New Zealand right now because She's liberal and she wants to be welcoming and she is essentially pandering to the most dangerous sides of society. Jacinda Arden, who is again, because she is liberal, she wants to be open minded and very nice and compassionate towards all the minorities, and all the genders, all of them, even penguins. But she is becoming so authoritarian and anti free speech that her government is now censoring everything. Now they are saying this is 1984. The only truth comes from the state. We, the government, will tell you the truth. We will share with you the most up-to-date information daily. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, You can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. For that information, do feel free to visit at any time to clarify any rumour you may hear, COVID-19.govt.nz. Otherwise dismiss anything else we will continue to be your single source of truth we will provide information frequently we will share we will be your single source of truth we the government the state, do not listen to anybody else this is the most dangerous thing i've heard from Jacinda Arden since yesterday probably but she is actually quite dangerous she doesn't even know it. that's the problem i have with this a certain liberal left-wing leaders right now in democratic countries a lot of them who are doing these sort of things a lot of them who are opening the door to chaos, they don't actually know that they're doing it. Of course, they know that they're being more authoritarian and they're trying to centralise decisions. They don't really know how far that decision is going to go. For example, Karl Marx, with his ideology, if he were to stay alive and impose some sort of regime or government, ideally speaking, in his head, and all the books, that obviously, well, the literature he's been uh, writing, technically speaking, his utopia would not be Soviet Union, but... Because his ideology it, it relies on coercion and centralization and forcing people, it would automatically become Soviet Union. So all those people saying, oh, the, the communism, real communism or socialism has not been tried yet. It's because, yes, on paper, it's not supposed to be going that way. But in reality, every time you want to enforce it, you have to do it by force. Because you can't really tell just people to voluntarily do random stuff that you want. Same thing with liberalism that you're saying right now from Arden, from Biden and the others. And you know, of course, Justin Trudeau. They don't even know how far they're gonna go until the big states completely take over people's lives. And then eventually the West will wake up. And that's the problem I have. We don't want to get to that point, guys. For us, right now I'm saying wake up. You guys know, obviously, watching this, but I need you guys to then use this um, with your friends and others, relatives and everybody else, and neighbors and school friends that you have to make sure they don't fall into the trap of these people right now the wake-up call is needed because it's now being reported that there is a winter plan not just with COVID, but the flu so they are saying that the nhs is at breaking point. oh my god every single year we have the same situation and now this one this time not only they're saying we need a plan for the flu now for the winter and uh, not just in terms of uh vaccines or booster jabs but also in terms of tests and trace for flu but now they're saying that the lockdown is the reason that immunity and the immune system has gone down so more people are going to get the flu now Ooh, we i think we did say that months ago a year ago we did say that it is very basic science you don't need to be a scientist to understand how the uh, the basic level of immunity works that how you have to be exposed up to a point to certain airborne viruses to have your immune system get stronger now they're saying, well, because we've basically isolated everyone, their, their system, their body system is not really gonna be ready for the flu. So people are gonna die now, because a lot, especially a lot of people have not even been exposed to it before, because of the younger people and kids, it's gonna be the first time they're gonna get the, the flu. So we're gonna to have to have the booster jabs, we're gonna have the test and trace for flu and COVID and everything else. This is the chaos that we're having. And their defense is that we're simply def- that we're protecting the NHS, not, not just like people's lives. The primary goal is to protect the NHS. And I know I've said this before, this is quite divisive. Some of you might disagree because some of you are pro NHS and it's fine. Sometimes we disagree, but hear me out because it's not really just about NHS bashing anything like that. This is, I'm saying is to protect nurses and doctors and patients at the same time because British authoritarianism is coming. Today, you've been hearing the news. They're talking about calories, sugar, salt, everything, all the bad things. We know they're unhealthy, right? Just like cigarettes, alcohol, and everything else. And also there's such thing as self-determination and free choice. And ideally speaking, in society, you want your society to be healthy. And of course, use education encouraging people to be healthy. You know, you don't want them to randomly die. But when you're using it, using the NHS as your shield, saying that, no, 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 we have to protect people to make sure that we force them to be healthy. Otherwise, our healthcare system will go down. Now, that's dangerous because they say... The primary goal is to protect the NHS. Now they're talking about snack tax to fight the fat crisis. And I'm not even pretending we don't have a problem. Of course, there is a problem with obesity. And just generally speaking, people being unfit, I'm unfit. I'm I'm, 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 obviously, I'm relatively thin, but I'm not really fit enough to run for like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, So that's a personal problem, it's a personal choice as well. Uh, But the issue I have is that right now they're saying that let's go after fast food and calories Uh, because they are cheap because apparently the healthy version is not cheap it's more expensive so a a, a small um mcdonald's cheeseburger for 99p that's cheaper even though actually after eating it you're not gonna be full anyway but in terms of what you're gonna feel 99p is cheaper right well we got the alternatives thanks to uh, christopher snowden on twitter tweeting all these the prices for carrots 40p from tesco one kilogram 79p for apples and 39p for potatoes and 13p for a banana so if you're going to talk about what you how much you're going to gain from a single cheeseburger from mcdonald's as opposed to these i'm pretty sure you're going to get more from them if their choice is already there the option is already there it's not that the healthy uh, side is expensive it is there so now they're saying that we have to make Uh, the the unhealthy food more expensive to encourage people to eat healthy that's nonsensical and when you have some of the healthy so-called healthy restaurant chains like leon now some of you have not probably never even visited because it's mostly in urban metropolitan areas like london they have come out to attack mcdonald's for saying that uh, there's massive high calories in their food all their burgers well thanks to guido Fox and their research on this Very basic research, but it's very, very efficient. Cheeseburger from McDonald's, 263 calories. But the burger, cheeseburger from uh, Leon, 482 calories. McChicken from McDonald's, 272 calories. Chicken burger from Leon, 444 calories. Well, the fish burger from McDonald's, 282. The fish burger from Leon is 569 calories. So, firstly, make up your mind: is this a fight against calories? Is it a fight against carbs, or just sugar, or tax, uh, or salt? If you're going to tax certain things separately, you have to have your mission properly done. If you genuinely believe that by taxing it higher, uh, people are going to stop using it, well, you're wrong because we've already tried that experiment. experiment. if people, the, the people at the bottom of society, the working classes, and the poor, they are all they're still going to buy it. They're still going to do it. Same thing happened with alcohol: when we increase the prices and beer duty. People are still buying it. Go to the working class areas in Southeast London and other parts, they're still buying it. It's just more expensive, they're wasting more money, they have and then they're not going to keep it in their pockets. It's all going to the government and the treasury. What are they doing? Are they giving it to the NHS? Well, you're giving it to the NHS managers to waste it on weird laptops. That's what they're doing. It's all being wasted. And when you have people like Dr. Hillary Jones on Good Morning Britain coming out, you know, in order to defend public health and the messaging. Well, what's his main priority? Because we're talking about nanny states and how effective these policies are. When someone like me is opposing these plans, I'm not saying I don't care about public health or people's you know, fitness and let them die. No, no, no. It's just about finding the right solution and how to do it. Are you going to use the state to enforce? The intention might be good because a lot of people are author- authoritarian. They like the government to tell people what to do. But has it ever worked in the history of humanity? No problem i have is dr hillary jones when he's being asked about people's choice and also is it State? well his primary goal and objective is something else What about the the nanny state argument that we should be allowed to eat as much salt, sugar as we fancy it? Personal personal responsibility—that's what the government keeps going
1: on about at the moment. Well, again, it's
0: about protecting the NHS too. The NHS spends about 130 billion on looking after people who are suffering from diabetes. Let's take diabetes alone. It's going to cost, in the next 15 years, perhaps 15 billion to look after people with diabetes in the UK. It's about protecting the NHS. It's about flattening the curve. It's all about the same message. And the reason they say that is because, of course, it resonates. Because a lot of people out there would say, well, we only have the NHS to protect us, to keep us safe. So, of course, we need to keep the NHS NHS safe. Well, what, why? Why do we have this model? Why do we have a model where you need the taxpayer to protect the healthcare system so that the healthcare system to look after people? Because then what happens is that the healthcare system will become the bullies Then we will tell you how to live your life because otherwise the healthcare system will collapse that doesn't really work in the rest of the the rest of this planet look at the rest of western europe northern europe again singapore parts of asia most of eastern asia the system that they have their healthcare system does not depend on the taxpayer to be fit in that sense or like if people have personal responsibility or not it's up to them and if everybody uh, tries to ignore it it's not going to bring down their healthcare systems So change the healthcare system, change the modeling. And again, as every time I say this, people freak out and think I'm going to have this American model where people will die in the street if the uh, paramedics attend. No, no, no. We don't have to have that system. Just look at Denmark, look at Switzerland, look at France, Germany, Singapore, and other places. It's not really rocket science. It's all about having the political will to do it. Also, Dr. Hillary Jones, the guy who's telling you what to do, the guy who is so pro-face masks and social distancing and all these measures. Right now, he's advocating for us to wear them all the time, even outdoor at any event. Isn't the same guy in this photo in Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago? Isn't the same guy with Patrick Vallance and all the other colleagues not really doing social distancing, not really doing face masks? It's not really about symbolism at this point for them. It's you know If they genuinely believe in the effectiveness of these things, to do it. Do you, not, do you not think that we're going to see that, by the way? There are cameras there. <laughs> I don't understand this. It's the same with uh, Piers Morgan at, Wem- uh, at Wembley. Do you not see that people can look at you right now? That's why people are sick and tired of this. And that's why we have to wake up. There's authoritarian, British authoritarianism that's been creeping up, And it's quite difficult to fight it back because a lot of people out there still believe in the government, still believe in the state to help them. And we have to fight back against this mentality and be pro personal choice and personal responsibility. Now, speaking of personal responsibilities, it's my job now to go to the members, uh, the full members of the channel and some of the questions that you have sent us. Uh, If you want to be able to do that as a full member, make sure to go on the membership page, uh, page and there's a box at the top of the page and you could submit your daily questions and I answer them. So let's go to a couple of them. We have Amy saying, I saw on Twitter that today's show will focus on global uprisings. Will you have anyone been interviewed at some point on these stories? Well, Amy, it's a very good question. And the answer is yes. So um, whether it's uh, Iran, Cuba, France or South Africa and other parts, uh, I am over the next few days and week, uh, I'm going to have uh, people who either you know, so-called experts or people who have experiences or links or connection to those places, uh, to, I'm going to bring them on the channel separately. and We're going to talk about those areas because, as you know, Amy, the mainstream media are not really reporting it. So and um, we are going to be here to analyze what's happening around the world and in the uk robert says isn't it time to have mass protests about the plans for winter and the nhs well it really depends what sort of protest what what what, what are you actually fighting against because if you're going to fight against what i've been talking about the authoritarian mentality well unfortunately we're not going to have the backing of the public so <laughs> because a lot of people are still going ahead with uh, this uh, centralized planning kind of model that we have and not many people are going to come out to protest against the NHS because it feels like a bad thing it feels quite evil it's like saying are we the baddies Uh, so and that's the whole power that the the NHS branding and logo has it's a nice brand so if you criticize the government strategy on public health it seems like you're attacking nurses and doctors and patients. So it's about how to do it. And I think, no, uh, I don't think we're going to see mass protests. We might see a lot of uh, uh, protests and marches against some of these measures, of course, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the uh, what's happening with the obviously vaccine passports and lockdown, extending lockdown. That's going to happen. Uh, but we're not going to see the majority of the country having some sort of revolt. Um, it's going to happen very slowly and it's going to take some time. Uh, Mike says, how did the test and trace calls go after your visit of your trip? Well, yeah, so so most of you know, uh, when I came back to London from Ibiza, uh, we had some issues with Test and Trace and it's nothing to do with the app because when I said this, people said just delete the app. It's not the app, it's the obviously the passenger's forms that you um, fill in and it's uh, uh, when, when you come from somewhere and then obviously they call you if, if you're from an amber country or red list country, uh, you have to isolate. The issue was, if in case you don't know the story, when we came to London from a green list place, they thought we came from a amber country because uh, the mainland Spain is amber or was amber Uh, and so they started calling me and and both me and Lacey so we had to explain every day that we don't have to isolate already talk to your colleague it's green can you change it on your system and they said they can't change it so it's the calls have been going on and I think today is the last day because I haven't received the call yet um I've just been ignoring the call at this point anyway although if they call me for the final time today it might have been yesterday if, if they do call me i do want to pick up the phone just have a chat to kind of see if uh they actually understand what i'm trying to tell them so yeah it's, it's been a fascinating journey dealing with the government bureaucracy and the beauty of test and trace as a program uh so yes that's all the time i have for you guys uh, thanks again for watching as i said we're going to have a number of good guests coming up and also stay tuned for the sunday interview series because we're going to have a special guest for you guys as well so thanks again for watching i'm my atc and i'll see you guys in the next video